The ProAct Know How. Hi, welcome to this um, ProAct Wednesday webinar. Uh, we're we're going to go through some things to help uh, expats living and working abroad. What we're looking at today is uh, lifting lockdowns, lifting the constraints that we've been uh, living and working under over over the last uh, year or so. Um, that's had quite a big impact on our our, our work, living and working abroad. So uh, this is for a free webinar that's open to uh, everyone. But at the end, um, we go private for our existing retained clients, clients who have signed up and retain on a retained client basis, at proactpartnership.co.uk. And those people will do a live a question and answer session. So we'll unmute the microphones. And if you've got a direct question, we can take that. Um, in, in today's webinar, we want to cover uh, a few points uh, that, that is on our agenda regarding lifting the, the constraints that we've got. Uh, first of all, we will cover um, the uh, the timetable, we will look at um, the budget, which is the next date on the horizon, the UK budget on the 3rd of March, followed by the equinox uh, on the 20th of March. This is the, the quarter season, um, at the start of spring, end of winter. Then we've got the Western Easter on the 4th of April, uh, the Orthodox Easter on the 2nd of May, a month later. Uh, we've got the UK tax year on the 5th of May, so it's the day after Easter uh, for the for the British uh, taxpayers, and um, and the fifth of April and the whole of April covers the Proact calendar. If you've not got one, they're available uh, still. There's a few left. It runs through to April 2021. We anticipated that there will be a stuttered start to the new year in 2021, and so we thought, well, we'll run the calendar through from January 2021 through to uh, April 2022. So we can cover all these new years. We've had Chinese New Year, we've had the uh, traditional January the 1st New Year, and we're still living uh, with the heavy COVID restrictions, which are uh, now being lifted, and that's what we're looking at. Um, so if you want to start your new year on the, the spring equinox, or the uh, Western Easter, or the Orthodox Easter, uh, we've got those availability. You could, though, um, and this is something we didn't anticipate, um, start the calendar on, on, on midsummer on the 21st of June, because 21st of June is when the UK are ending their corona restrictions. So we'll look at that in a bit more detail during the webinar. Um, <clears throat> we've got, uh, so we've got the UK budget next week on the 3rd of March. We will find out their initial response for the next year. Uh, and how that's going to impact uh, people living and working abroad. Um, we then got the UK schools are going back on the 8th of March. Uh, on the 29th of March in UK, people can start meeting outside. Um, so obviously they're trying to avoid um, uh, pagan festivals around the equinox celebrations and they avoid that. And the non-essential retailing um, uh, and the beer gardens, the holiday lets open up on, on the 12th of April, spookily, a week after Easter. So again, UK approach is to lock everything down until after Easter to avoid 
gatherings and infections. The next signpost in the UK is 17th of May, after the orthodox Easter period, when outdoor social and uh, indoor meetings uh, will commence. Um, so the end of all restrictions in the UK is only on the 21st of June. The first thing we wanted to do is, is, is just compare for expats. Now, I can't compare every country in the world. I can give you an opinion. We can look at it in detail. But looking at it from our, the product office in the UK's perspective, the product office in Cyprus, um, you know, what that is. So Cyprus is in the EU and it's an island country. So it's got a slightly different approach to uh, the COVID lockdown restrictions than uh, open border countries like Spain and, and France and, and Germany. The UK is an island, but it's a much bigger population. It's got its own issues. Um, and But the standard things with corona, uh, the restrictions are all around the world. They generally tends to be the same. The recommendations come from the doctors at WHO, the World Health Organization. And every country is applying a variation on a theme. Um, and, and so a lot of what each country is applying is saying the same sort of things because it's common sense. You know, so from an early age, we're taught to now please wash your hands. Uh, it just got uh, real meaning nowadays with, with, with um, the COVID pandemic being a new virus that's come upon us. So, um, and so Cyprus has started to ease and open up it locally, whereas the UK is not doing it yet. We talked about uh, the UK starting to open up from the 29th uh, of March. You can't even travel outside your local district in the UK at the moment. So in, in Cyprus, um, you, you can travel around the country if, if uh, there's a need to, uh, for work. So there's a limited on restrictions, so everybody's limited to stay at home, but you have to have your um, SMS message to confirm that you're going for a limited amount of activities. That's not very much. So in effect, everybody is housebound in the UK, in Cyprus still, uh, have to wear masks out in public um, and keep, keep distances. Um, and essential retailing is open for both, but the difference with Cyprus is that non-essential retail is now open um, from the beginning of February. Whereas in the UK, non-essential retail doesn't open for uh, until the 12th of April. So uh, from the middle of February to the middle of April, non-essential retail is still closed in the UK, whereas it's open in Cyprus, which means that a lot more people can go to work. So each workplace has to maintain its hygiene and its distance regulations. If you if you can't if you can work even if you're working across the country, you can travel it with the appropriate permit um, for work. Um, so then, for expats, there's slightly different constraints as well. Um, for Cyprus, going traveling from Cyprus is quite simple. You can travel out of Cyprus. Uh, that's the easy bit. Uh, the hard bit is finding a flight and a country that will accept you. Um, for UK expats or any expat lockdown in the UK, you can't travel at the moment internationally. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that hasn't uh, been opened. Uh, 
generally. So that's that, that's a general advice that, that is being maintained. Um, <clears throat> if you come into the UK, um, then uh, you, uh, you've got a quarantine, a 10-day quarantine at the moment. But that's only for countries that aren't on a safe, safe list. So for Cyprus, Cyprus is on a safe list of countries for the UK. So an expat uh, in, in the UK, in Cyprus, can travel to the UK, uh, and in theory, without, without quarantine. There has to be tests uh, in and out, um, but the, the quarantine doesn't apply if you're on a safe corridor uh, location, and that does include uh, the, uh, the UK and Cyprus. Um, however, um, UK expats are restricted from getting out and uh, the airlines are just not putting on the flight, so it, it does make it quite difficult. Um, for Cyprus, not everybody is allowed in, so they have three categories of countries, A, B and C, and the UK currently is, is, is on category uh, B. So um, the... Categories A and B countries, countries like Germany, Greece, New Zealand, and Australia, so not very many, those people can come in and have to isolate for 72 hours, have the test before and after. Category C countries like the UK, um, you have to be a resident to come in. So if the expat in the UK has got a resident permit and, and they have to come to Cyprus because this is where they live, they need to care for their home or their business in Cyprus, that essential travel could be justified outside the, uh, to leave the UK. You still got to have a test when, before you leave and when you arrive, um, and there could still be up to 14 days quarantine uh, applied to, to that person uh, when they arrive. But in Cyprus now, in February, it's self-isolation. So it, it, it's effectively it's a stay at home rather than a stay in a hotel arrangement. So um, expats in Cyprus can travel out. Um, where they can go to depends upon what the different countries' rules are. The UK have got a general blanket ban on the whole population from travelling outside their district and travelling internationally. However, you can make exceptions. But the exceptions for a British expat in, in, is that they um, or is because they're in category C, is that they have to be a resident in in Cyprus. Um, and so they have to have some sort of yellow slip or residency or home and they have to prove that on their travel documents to get there. So it, it's a bit of a, a sort of interesting uh, situation. Only from the 29th of March is overseas travel being allowed. And, um, um, you know, wider travel restrictions haven't actually been signposted in detail, not not to my knowledge anyway. So how so that that is the impact. So what I want to look at next uh, in, the, in the rest of the talk is how uh, we with the coping of uh, with Corona and with the uh, lifting of the lockdowns, uh, what we need to do in terms of residency, uh, medical, UK tax, Cyprus tax. And, and VAT changes with Brexit. So Brexit is still going ahead and those changes coming into force for business that, that is EU-wide. Those changes now having to be made, 
made with the added constraint of, of Corona. So that's a, a pretty tough, tough ask. It's, it's all good fun. If you're an EU expat uh, from Cyprus or anywhere else in the EU that, that was living in the UK before the 31st of, of uh, December 2020, which was the end of the, uh, set, um, the transition period, those expats have still got to the end of June 2021 to register their settled status. And, and if they've been there more than five years, they get that settled status. If it's less than five years, they get a pre-settled status. But eventually that will transfer to uh, a settled status. And, and it's the same for uh, EU expats. Um, if they were in the EU before the end of uh, December, they could register and and what that registration of settled status was EU residency gives them EU citizens' rights as if they belong to a member state for the rest of their lives and for their family, even if their family joins them out there, uh, as if they're an EU citizen. So for any expat in Cyprus or anywhere else in the UK, EU, from the UK, they, they, their, their lifestyle doesn't change. Nothing is... is materially affected uh, by the circumstances of, of, of what's happened um, over Brexit. And in the future, any uh, British expat that, that wants to live and work in the EU, it, it, it now is the same rules as anywhere else around the country. It's not some magically different plan. It's just different to the EU. So um, then... And to go and live and work in America or South America or Hong Kong or Singapore, you would need to have a contract of work and employment to go to to get your work visa. That is now the, the basic requirement within the EU for UK expats and for EU expats going to the UK. And, and there'll be constraints on that, like what's your salary? Are you an essential worker? Um, so for the UK the EU expat would need a contract with a salary of around 25,000. Whereas before the end of Brexit, that EU expat could go to the UK and look for work and find a job, even if that was a part-time 10,000 a year work. So that, 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 that's a significant change. And the, and the reverse applies in each individual EU country. Uh, so in some countries, that, that threshold of earnings is a bit lower, but you still need to have that job. One of the ways around it would be uh, somebody of a working age can come to Cyprus uh, or Bulgaria or Portugal and, and create a company uh, or a business and get that registered uh, and, and start earning money there. And, and that contract with that own business could be allowed to be the uh, evidence for the residency visa. Again, changes country by country, but Proact have got know-how and expertise. And if you want to... Uh, be working remotely after Corona lockdown, and you decide that re that uh, remotely needs to be across borders and, and overseas. We can help you get your business and your family relocated into Cyprus or another EU country. So talk to us about that. However, the the, the UK announced the six month grace period at, 
to start of 2021 in 2019. So anybody who's not got their paperwork up to date in 2020 can, can still got six months to do that. That was not formally uh, announced or arranged in other countries and certainly not in Cyprus, uh, but unofficially and in, 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 from the 1st of January now, um, it's now been maintained that, that as far as Cyprus are concerned, um, they will continue to register UK expats as EU citizens to the end of June this year. The one caveat that's different to, to before in December is that you have to prove that you were resident or in Cyprus before the end of December. So if you uh, come to Cyprus in 2020, established uh, a residency or registered at the, uh, the, the registration office, and you come back within six months, uh, then we can get, still get you registered as an EU citizen terms, uh, which a bit easier. Uh, it doesn't mean that you can't be done post-Brexit, uh, but the UK have got special terms at the moment. Um, on, uh, so any residency issues, contact us at projectpartnership.com. Uh, you can go along to uh, our, our retainer site, and if you log in and register there, as you know, there'll be an increasing amount of special guides and information that are freely available to, to expat clients to explain these different issues. Uh, with, well, but when you come to work, if uh, there's, two, there's two types of people. One might have a, an S1. Now, the S1 agreement, the UK are maintaining. Um, but before the end of Brexit, it was part of... Uh, an EU-wide health agreement. Now, that has finished now. That doesn't exist anymore. However, the UK are maintaining S1s for countries which they've got a bilateral agreement. So what they need to do now is make a new bilateral agreement with the EU as a whole or with individual countries in the EU. So that's not happened so far with Cyprus or other countries. However, any expat that is registered as in, uh, under the EU citizenship rules, uh, living and working abroad in the EU, if they've got an S1 uh, because of their state working age or they've got a medical condition, they will continue to have their health care paid for by the UK for the rest of their life. Even if the expat is not entitled to an S1 today, um, when they're retiring in 5, 10, 20 years, they will still be entitled to an S1. So an expat that's living in Spain now could finish a, a, a working life uh, or a, a semi-retired life for 10 years and then get an S1 to get the healthcare, stay living in, in, in Spain without any, any further action or complication. That's all being taken care of under the withdrawal treaty. Um, so uh, those S1 people have, have got that that to look forward to, even if it's to come in the future. Uh, anybody of working age uh, is, is a different scenario. There needs to be reciprocal health uh, and, and social insurance agreement. Now, between Cyprus and the UK, for example, there is a reciprocal health uh, social insurance agreement that, that fell under the EU arrangement. Now that the EU arrangement is gone, that reciprocal social insurance agreement still exists. However, it doesn't cover healthcare. So the UK and 
the EU would need to make a formal arrangement uh, so that S1s and reciprocal healthcare benefits for people of working age uh, would be changed. Uh, and if, if they're not, then the only way for uh, an expat to get healthcare or state healthcare in, 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 the, in Cyprus is for them to come over and register and pay social insurance in Cyprus. Now, in some EU countries, um, you can register and start paying and you cover it straight away, like Portugal, in, in Spain, in other countries, you have to be working and contributing to the system for a certain period of time. So that's something to bear in mind, varies country by country. If you've got any questions, contact us, or retaining clients can go to their um, uh, the online app at productpartnership.co.uk and start a live chat with one of our product client service uh, advisors. Um, <clears throat> if, if you've got... Um, sorry, I just wanted to confirm that EU expats in the UK with settled or pre-settled status, healthcare in the UK is residency-based. So as soon as somebody is living legally in the UK, they are covered with, with uh, EU healthcare straight away. Non-EU citizens have to pay uh, a premium tax, a premium social insurance towards healthcare the first few years of their residency, that will now apply to new expats from the EU going to, to, to live in the UK. But it won't apply to anybody that's got settled or pre-settled status. Vis-a-vis, uh, -vis, if a UK expat goes back to the UK and take up residence legally as a British citizen, then of course their uh, healthcare rights will um, start again based upon residency. It's not based upon contributions. And that's a big difference between healthcare system in Cyprus and the UK. In, in Cyprus, it's based upon um, being a Cypriot citizen or qualifying through contributions to, to the social insurance system. There's a healthcare tax been introduced in 2019. Of course, a lot of consternation with the corona crisis in 2020. Um, any expat who has an S1 doesn't have to pay the, um, the health tax as well. Um, so it exempts them from that. Um, so that, that's just something to look out for. If an expat is working in, in Cyprus and paying social insurance, they will pay health tax with that at a rate of up to, up to 4% or through their employer. So that, that's something that's going to be qualified. So S1 holders continue to be valid for the rest of somebody's life, uh, living and working abroad. Um, and there's no health tax in Cyprus to pay on that. And you would thought it'd be logical for me to go on to Cyprus tax now, but I set the agenda to switch on to UK tax because it's budget day next week. And from the start of the new uh, UK tax year on the 5th of April, um, IR35 rules come into force for all contractors. Um, so how does, it, how does that impact uh, expats? So if you want to work remotely uh, from your business, um, especially post-corona, your employer might say work from home. Now, don't get me into a de debate about working from home. Uh, working remotely should not be working from home. Working remotely should be working remotely. Um, and we should maintain the difference between work and home. But 
you know, if you're working remotely, you're, that could be from your home office or it could be from your garden shed. Uh, but if it, it's down the road, why not in, the, in another country, in another district, um, and, and why not from abroad? And, and, and therefore, if there's an agreement with your employer, there's no reason why you can't come and live and work overseas. You've then got the medical constraints that, and, and issues that you need to resolve before that. Uh, we talked about the state cover, but there is always private healthcare options, and these are important to consider. Uh, what, what it, you know, what's the worst? We need to plan for the worst with, with the medical and the social care uh, with our expat clients. Um, <clears throat> so IL35 is coming in, and this is an extension of existing regulation for different industries that now affect anybody. And it affects uh, now anybody who's up into a personal service company. So if your employer says, go and work remotely, uh, that gives you the freedom to go and work anywhere around the world. Um, but if you break the employment contract and you become a contractor, um, so you're a, a marketing contractor, a digital marketing contractor, an IT contractor, a HR consultant, an accounting consultant, um, but you're, you've, you've got a, a self-employed status in your arrangement with your employer. If you're in the UK and you're operating through your personal service company or as a self-employed contractor, you now fall under IL35 rules, which means that the, the contracting company has to treat you effectively as an employee. So there is no tax advantage to um, uh, employers and, and contractors are working on a self-employed basis, even through their own service company, um, if it's just a replacement for um, an employment, employed contract. Uh, in other words, they defined somebody working as a self-employed contractor for one company as a sham to avoid employee, employment taxes. So that, 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 that is something that's due to come in. So anybody that's working for the BBC, for a football uh, club, a sports company, um, just what you know one employer and really it's an employer employee relationship then then that's automatically going to be taxed under the IA35 rules as if they are an employee so if you're living abroad and you've got a personal service company you shouldn't you should is that going to apply as well yes and no a couple of different scenarios um, a UK company is very simple and efficient and tax efficient way of operating a business. It's got a high VAT threshold before you have to pay VAT, 70,000. So it could be quite effective um, for, for everybody to act from. However, under IL35 rules, if the expat is living and working abroad and there's a tie to the UK, then potentially the HMRC can rule it as it should fall within IL35 rules. If the expat is working from an overseas company, from a Cyprus company, a Bulgarian company, uh, <clears throat> uh, a Belize company, those companies uh, are have got no association with the UK and therefore there's no liability to UK taxation. Um, so you can get exceptions for that and it, it could be dependent upon your work. So if you've got more than one source of income, and you can show that, that the one contractor is not solely yours, 
then then you can avoid the IR35 rules. So it, it's quite an, uh, a complex area. It's a new area, and and we're going along to the HMRC clarifying what the position is because it's a contracting company that's liable, and if they have to pay that. In retrospect, we don't want these mistakes. We want to pay the right amount of tax um, and, the, and, the, and the least that, that, that is legally uh, allowable. So let's have a look at that and, and sort that out. So if you need any more help and guidance on that, to get that exemption and clarification certificate from the uh, HMRC, uh, contact us at productpartnership.com or, or join us as a retained client at productpartnership.co.uk. And, and we can sort that work out with you online. So getting back to Cyprus tax now, um, it was a real mess last year because they introduced the new health tax, Corona came along, and it was also compulsory online returns and changes to the payment system. There's lots of bugs in the system and they'll continue this year, don't, don't, don't worry. And so the majority of, of, of taxes for expats and business people are by self-assessment for dividends, for savings taxes, for property rental income taxes, and for health taxes uh, on your worldwide income. Uh, now you can get exemptions for that and exemption certificates. And so if an expat needs to register for that exemption certificate, they can pay 0% on dividends or savings or health taxes or, or property taxes. And as we mentioned earlier, uh, an S1 tax uh, can be can be exempt as well um, can exempt people from from the health tax and because Cyprus has no cap against taxes as well uh, for property or, or business investment um, so so uh, that the payment under self-assessment if not at source um, um, including the social and healthcare taxes, for self-employed workers, and that is how that tax is paid. If you don't pay those taxes on the due days, then a liability comes up and, and it arises. And that liability um, uh, can only be settled by completing a tax return. So in Cyprus, there's not an obligation to fill out an annual tax return unless you've got taxable income. So if you've paid all your self-assessed income, um, and your your total income is below nineteen and a half thousand euros, then you wouldn't have an obligation to fill out a tax return until a taxable event arose, such as selling a property, or or, or dying and, and settling an estate. Um, <clears throat> so it's generally good practice to do a, a tax return uh, as an expat, um, and then once that tax return is done, any balance of tax can can be paid. So um, a balance of the 2020 tax can be paid once that tax return has been submitted or when the assessment is received. And for 2021, uh, the self-assessed income tax for this year for people earning over 20,000 euros is payable in July and December. So if you need any help and guidance on making organising your tax affairs for your business or your property uh, in Cyprus or the EU, uh, all your UK uh, business and property uh, income, contact us at productpartnership.com. And we offer a mon an online service to our retainer clients and uh, uh, retainer client service, 
or we have a full consultancy service available as well. So that's a general topic I want to cover during this talk is a VAT. So VAT is a, an EU tax. And uh, over the years, if you've received uh, certain types of goods directly from China, say, or Singapore, or America, you have had to pay an import tax or a VAT tax on those. Well, the same as applies now. So the UK has still got VAT and, and the EU has still got VAT, but the UK VAT is no longer part of the EU VAT tax scheme. So if you've got uh, goods arriving that you've ordered in the UK into the, into the EU and into Cyprus, you now could have to pay a VAT on receipt. So like you see at the airports, claim back your VAT. Um, so uh, businesses and individuals now have to consider, do they have to make individual uh, tax returns and, and tax payments for goods in the UK or the EU uh, and individual reclaims for, the, uh, for VAT in the UK and in the EU. So, so it's actually quite complicated, but it's nothing different to any trade that's ever gone on around the world but it is a big difference regarding the EU and it affects any trade with, with EU expats. So if you're exporting and importing from the UK to Cyprus uh, or the EU, it's worth a consideration whether you need a, a, a VAT registration in the, in the EU to minimise uh, your VAT liability, pay the right amount of VAT and, and maximise your cash flow on that the help and guidance on getting an EU VAT or business registration, contact us at projectpartnership.com. Um, so that, that's a summary of what I think is, 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 is happening with the lifting of the constraints uh, post-Brexit. Um, international travel is restricted, uh, but not the same as the UK. If you've got a residence in Cyprus, you can travel there. You can travel to other countries. So they are making it tough, but um, as the things progress during the year, we've seen that, that they will do. Don't forget to order your calendar if you've not got one already. Uh, it's a last year through to April next year when, God willing, the corona crisis will be uh, well under control and managed. Um, so uh, we're going into the exclusive for retained clients now. So we'll switch it on for question and answers and, and anybody else uh, the, the webinar is going to be uh, finishing now. The Proact Know How, brought to you by Proact.